This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Well, fellas, we're finally here, but I'm a little disappointed to see the box office dominance of Mother's Day and Huntsman Winter's War come to an end. I mean, a few more weeks of that. Can we have a few more weeks of that, please? (laughs) That's what I'll remember 2016 for, honestly. Mm. The the Mother's Day slash Huntsman Winter's War shootout of, of 16. (laughs) <laughs> almost at 06. Almost took us back 10 years. Just, you know. It feels like it. I mean, Mostly because there's a barbershop movie in theaters right now, so I felt like maybe it is 2006. Hey, it's know. the best of the series, Brian. <laughs> it's the best of the series. I would say it's probably the best Nicki Minaj vehicle we've had yet. I just want to be bro. the uh, <laughs> movie historian that's like, hey, I wonder what was going on uh <laughs> Back in 2016, that weekend. Oh, well, and then they see the offerings, and thank, thankfully, the Jungle Book's still going. But right. uh, mm-hmm. that's still in itself. If you looked back, you'd be like, oh, a live action remake of an animated classic? What were we doing? You know, even that, like, just the idea of it seems uh, crazy. Good execution, but. And uh, my big fat Greek wedding, too. Gosh. Get, how, how much has that get... made? I was about to say, let's guess, guess, because remember the first one was a sensation, right? And uh, the second one, I, I have you know, do you know anyone who has seen it? No. Okay, so guess the gross so far worldwide. I, I'm looking at it right now, so uh, okay. Sorry, can't guess worldwide. I would go over 100 worldwide. Worldwide 87, domestic 58. Yeah, that's the weird part to me. That's like, crazy. Like that that's made so much money cuz it probably costs like under 5 million to make that. Well, I don't know. John who's... Corbett demands quite a bit to get out of his Applebee's contract. So Yeah. Yeah, he's like he yeah, he doesn't pick <laughs> up the phone for less than It's not nuts. That's crazy to me. That's like even yeah. more Like they should do it and it was terrible apparently. The reviews were the buzz was not good like with the first one. So so uh yeah, so they should make but big fat Greek wedding three in 12 years, mm-hmm. maybe 14. Yeah. A big fat Greek funeral. Apparently they're <laughs> facing an $80 million loss on Huntsman, the winner's war. So well, didn't good. see that coming at Not all. Surprising. Yeah. 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 Gosh. yeah. It might be time to reevaluate our Hemsworth rankings guys. I know. I know you might be third now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> tough year for, for Chrissy. Well, Ghostbusters should save it. He'll, he'll be fine. So we're talking uh, Captain America tonight. I'm excited about this one. Much anticipated. Yeah, these are always some of our... Uh, the Marvel movies every year are, are always fun to do. It's a larger kind of world to talk about than a single movie. So these are always easy pod, as we call it in the industry. And by, of course, the industry, I mean the business. These are These are fun ones to talk with you guys. And back by popular demand this evening, the one and only Ariel Dean. 
is on the uh, program. Ariel, Ariel Rada, what's, what's up? up, guys? From the from the Geek One Hundred and One podcast, I should say, Geek One Hundred and One yes, podcast zone. Ariel, absolutely good to have you back, sir. What have you been up to? I uh, I've watched Civil War three times. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious! <laughs> wow, I'm excited. It was just uh, the circumstances, you know. Yeah. I didn't I didn't buy three tickets, so sure, thankfully, right. Yeah, I didn't buy five Star Wars tickets either. So, yeah, then, sure, the circumstances. They, they just found themselves in your email. Right, yeah. I just happened to keep right. showing up at the theater, and they just happened to keep giving me tickets in exchange for money. All right, okay. I, <laughs> I got into an employee screening, for one, an early employee screening. Nice. I don't work. And then I, I bought my ticket for the next day, not expecting to get into that employee screening. And then today my family went, so my parents bought the ticket. All right, so... Yeah, can't, so, you can't, okay. you can't so, pass yeah. that up when they give the old, hey, we're going, if you want to go, yep, I'll go. But, yep, let's free, go. <laughs> It's a free pass, and you get to see it again. It's never, heck of it's, a, a, it's a win-win. Heck of a mother you have there on Mother's Day to be like, we're seeing Captain America. That's impressive. She was pretty upset when she walked out, and she's like, oh, no, Mother's Day is in theaters? We should have watched that. I really just dodged the bullet today, guys. Yeah, you yeah. did. It was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was close. It was scary. Well, the listeners might remember you. Ariel, you said this was your most anticipated movie of all time. Yes. I believe. Yeah, it is. So, yep. A lot of hype from you personally, and I'm excited to hear your thoughts on all three of the screenings. We'll just do all our thoughts on it <laughs> once, and then we'll just do them again and then again and just uh, okay. get it yeah. all three. But um, there's a little bit of movie news to talk, believe it or not. A little bit of breaking movie news. This was something that broke, I think, after we had signed off last week. And uh, didn't get a chance to discuss it. But I think it pertains to a few people on the show. Brian, you know what I'm talking about. Since we're the official oh, podcast yeah. of Star Wars, we're actually contractually obligated to talk about this tonight. Yes. Even though yeah, we wanted to dedicate this whole episode to, to Civil War, of course. But right. One time we tried to not talk about Star Wars, and it was a pretty ugly lawsuit. We so. almost got yeah. shut down. Yeah, so. <laughs> but right in um, some exciting news, I guess. <laughs> In the casting uh, side of things. Yeah, we know who Han Solo is, guys. It's not going to be the guy from Transformers 4, so I feel like that's a win right off the bat. It's the uh, Yeah, it's the cup. It's the cup. Yes! So, I mean, that's who we were pulling for here on yes. the official podcast of Star Wars. So I, he's, going, um, he's going full method. Like, he's going to go all the way up to 32 ounces. Like, he's going to gain weight like De Niro right. and Raging Bull for this. Yeah, the vest will fit beautifully <laughs> on the... Uh, on the red solo cup. Uh, y'all are gonna have to help me how to pronounce this person's name because as nope, we know, you're on your own. You're I'm on the your worst. Own. I'm the worst at pronouncing humans. Alden. Iron. Let's just call him Alden. Einrich. Einrich. Right. It's got to be sure. Einrich. Okay. I'm Einrich. gonna go with Einrich. 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 That sounds good. All right. See, y'all are gonna replace me with Ariel. Um. So the guy from Caesar. We loved so much in that movie that uh, was fairly divisive amongst our listeners. He's going to be Han Solo. I'm excited, guys. That makes me. That's a. I think that's it. Not just a good casting choice because I think he's a very talented actor, but I also think it's it's kind of interesting. Like he he doesn't. Uh, I guess for me, he doesn't necessarily like that. I did not see him and think that's Han Solo right there. And so I think for some reason that makes me more excited that they didn't just cast like some random 
quote unquote handsome guy to uh, yeah, he'll be fine. We'll figure out the rest. Like I feel, I think he has the right uh, presence first and then we can figure everything else out after that. And that's, I think that's what you have to do with Han Solo. This more than anything gives them a little bit of unpredictability with this character. Uh, You think, you know what you're going to get with Jack Rayner, which is kind of a good, (laughs) right. You know, a studly physique and maybe not a lot of range. Sure. And who was the other? Uh, it was um, Kingsman. Um, oh, yeah. Taron Egerton. Taron Egerton was the other person that was rumored. And that that would have been a good choice as well. I wouldn't have been upset with that. But I think they made the right choice here because, you know, Han Solo himself, the character, and Harrison, the way he made him was just like you never knew what he was going to say. He's kind of off the wall. And mm-hmm. I'm sure just the range that this actor has shown us so far you know, if you're Lord and Miller, you're looking at that, you're like, man, we could really work with that, you know, and make something really, totally. really special with this movie. So I'm excited. I'm really excited. Who do who do we have? Is Porzingis still the front runner for Chewbacca in this? <laughs> it's actually Joakim Noah, but he's not wearing the suit. <laughs> no. Yeah. Lamar yeah. Odom. So it's just his trying hair. To get back, trying to get back to the spotlight. <laughs> no. We, there's actually a new Chew- Chewie. The guy in The Force Awakens that uh, yeah. is kind of... I remember his name. I don't remember his name, but he was like seven feet tall. And now Peter Mayhew, since he can't really walk much, right. um, only does the Millennium Falcon and in, in smaller type scenes. Sure. Because um, it, it's a bummer when Chewbacca walks with a cane. So I just... Yeah. Junis... Let's see here. Now here's another fun one. Junis Sutamo. Suatamo is your, your Chewbacca guy. Man, I bet that process Finn. was was insane for the audition process for for Han. Right, but I yeah. mean, I just want to see his Han. His Han, you know. I'm sure mm-hmm. they had to do a Han. You know, Han is pretty um pretty recognizable in his uh his nuances. You know, sure. So I mean, I'm excited to see where they go. Richard, any thoughts on this? I think it was. This is a project that uh... maybe the boldest choice of the three. Yeah. It's a it's a project that it, it's it's a, I trust the infrastructure, but everything about it is scary to me. And uh, you got to really nail this. So I think they did. You know, the first step is a success. I think I'm totally on board with this. So now I'm anxious to see what's next. So because to me, this is ridiculous that they're making this movie. It seems like the degree degree of difficulty is so, so hard to make it cool and believable and not, you know, just a money grab. So uh, I'm very interested in this. I'm I'm so far so good. We'll see. Yeah, it was the first time for me to see a Rogue One trailer on the big screen. Seeing Same. Civil War, that was cool. Man, I'd kind of forgotten that I hadn't seen it in theaters yet, and yeah. then as soon as it hit, I just started crying. So you know, it was awesome. <laughs> Pretty good day. <laughs> just sobbing. <laughs> uh, you had to leave. Like, why? Is this yeah, movie? yeah. I haven't even started, guy. Uh, why are you? Right. Why are you already leaving? <laughs> right. Can y'all pause the movie for a second? Ariel, have we talked Star Wars together? I don't think we have at all. Um, no, no, we didn't really mention it. We went straight into kind of like the, the Batman v Superman <laughs> oh, wave yeah. that we were riding. That was true. That so. was quite a wave. <laughs> okay. It'll be out of the top ten next week, guys. More Seven of a weeks. tsunami. Oh, More of a tsunami. Just destructive <laughs> wave. But uh, any thoughts on, I guess, this casting choice? 
Well, I, I haven't seen Hail Caesar. Um, okay. I'm actually not the biggest Coen Brothers fan, as blasphemous as that is for someone who likes movies. All right, we'll talk to you next week, but... Ariel. It's been good having <laughs> yeah. you on the show. And, uh, um... To be fair, Inside Lewin Davis was probably my favorite movie of that year. The, the mere fact that I, I don't really know who this guy is, and I've, like, I don't know his name, I don't know his face, I don't know his mannerisms, uh, I, I believe that that made him the best choice for the role. Sure. Uh, because I'm not going to see you know, Eggsy from Kingsman or, you know, the failed Mr. Fantastic or they have for, you know, for those choices. Star Wars was built upon the backs of unknowns. And I think that they should try and continue with that as much as they can. That's a great, that's a great point. And uh, they haven't really led us astray so far yet with this new, uh, this new reboot of Star Wars, I guess you could, could call it uh, the choices right. they made with Boyega who is in stuff. Um, but not anything huge. And uh, Daisy, of course, was in nothing. So uh, right. that's been proof, proven uh, to be successful so far. And uh, I, I think after episode eight, they'll even have more trust uh, from the fans and Rogue One. So uh, we have that to look forward to. But I want to spend the majority of today talking Marvel and uh, talking Civil War. So let's dive right into that, guys. I don't really even know where to begin with this one other than to kind of gush over the fact that it's finally here. And I, I'm just, I'm just kind of in awe of where Marvel has, uh, has come over the past, I guess, since 2008. And it's been crazy to experience and witness and especially talk about as much as we have, uh, and the fact that we do a podcast about movies and, what? Uh, it's been it's been a crazy ride so far, but what a fun ride it's been, and and, and one that hasn't been too agonizing. You know, there's been some controversy. Uh, there has been, you know, in this Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, they have such a great reputation for doing things the right way and everything, but they've had some some trouble. You know, with the Hulk, they had a bunch of issues uh, casting and recasting the Hulk for a while. Uh, they didn't know how to work females into this universe at all. And they seem to have successfully done that. And, uh, of course, the Ant-Man fiasco with Edgar Wright was not a good not a good thing at all. And uh, it's just, it's kind of amazing that they've been able to hold it all together up to this point. But this movie surprised me in a lot of ways. And speaking of holding it together, uh, th- what they have to accomplish with this movie and uh, the way they mm-hmm. accomplish it is pretty staggering. In the opposite sense of something like Batman v Superman, which they they have to accomplish so much or want to accomplish so much, but it's just such a cluster that none of it fits together at all <laughs> organically, and it just Gosh. seems like they're just trying to shove stuff into your face to set up for future films. And I was Gosh. I was surprised because I knew that in this uh, movie, half the reason that they even came out was because of. Batman v Superman and that uh, you know competitive nature between the studios, but also because they wanted to set up the future MCU, if you will, without having to wait for the next Avengers movie, uh, sort of kickstart or jumpstart that, and you know acquiring the rights to a certain character sort of in the middle of this process probably threw a kink in their system a mm-hmm. little bit, you would think, but it didn't seem uh, to do that in this case. So, you know, a lot of loose ends to tie up, a lot of plot lines to move forward with uh, with this movie, but the way they accomplished it was pretty impressive, actually very impressive. And it was a fun movie, uh, above all. Uh, It was fun to look at, it was fun to uh, listen to, you know, and um, it was just a fun experience for me in the theater watching it. So those are my general thoughts. 
Um, or I guess we'll move with us because Ariel, I know you're going to take up half the show with uh, your general, <laughs> general, not even specifics, but general. Uh, so I guess we'll uh, hit Brian first. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed. There's a lot of work here, like you said, Kent. I, I, this was. I, I mean, you know, I love Marvel movies. I'm a, I'm a big fan of of pretty much so of all their their films, and uh, I enjoy these characters and the actors that portray them and the way they interact with one another. This one, I think, this one was carried at times by the interaction because there is so much going on. I don't know that it was over complicated, but it. There is like a lot to cram into your brain on this one, especially in the first hour. Like you're, just, it's like fourteen scene changes, and we've got to establish where every single person is and and what they're yeah. com- where they're coming from and all that sort of stuff. And so it's it's a little disorienting, and it's this is the first time in the MCU. Like I really enjoy this film, and I I can't wait to watch it over and over and over again. So this is not. I would say that my complaints about the film are, are not going to be so much that I'm, you know, like I'm going to grade it poorly or, or truly dislike it or something like that. But this is the first time in the MCU that I felt like there has to be at some point we have to get to a stopping point with bringing in 800 million different characters. And I don't know exactly where that is, but up to this point, I've never been concerned that all of this is interconnected and, uh, sometimes you're going to have Marvel movies with five characters from the MCU proper. And sometimes it's going to be, you know, I don't know, 600 or something like that's what in the infinity war is going to end up being. And so I guess my point, like, I don't, I would not say that this movie is overstuffed with characters and plot lines and stuff like that. But I do think this is the first time for MCU that I've I've started to sense that that's coming I guess and it there was a it took me about an hour to really get into this movie and once I did great totally 100% there um but that first hour is a lot of place setting and I think the Russo brothers did probably as good of a job as they could do tackling that much material um, but I definitely enjoyed the last hour and a half a lot more than I did the first hour. And I, I don't know if that will change on the second view. You know, sometimes you're just, sometimes I spend so much time, like just trying to figure out, okay, where are we going with this? And what's, how, how long are we going to drag this out before we get to, um, kind of the real meat of the story and all that. And, and sometimes that can distract me and maybe that's the case here. Uh, but I do think. Like this movie made me want Guardians of the Galaxy not to tie into the rest of the MCU, and I know that's not possible, but I I, I would like for their maybe for them to stop adding new characters and to where we have to take five minutes to touch base with with all of them. Not every movie, but but it is kind of it does feel kind of like almost every movie now, if that makes sense. So, uh, general thoughts. I you know I like the film a lot. Um, I'm really impressed with the newcomers. Uh, I, I, I'm so, I'm blown away. I watched, uh, Winter Soldier today just to kind of recap how I felt about that film. And I'm, I'm still just so blown away by what the Russo brothers do with Chris Evans and with Captain America. What a great character 
they've made him, whereas I don't know that he was that great in the first Avenger and, uh, and the first Avengers movie. Um, I think the character interactions are just so good in this. Um, it definitely didn't leave me wanting more, but it, it did. It is, like I said, this is the first time in, in this whole, what are we at? Like almost 10 years now where I've kind of felt like, okay, there might be an end point for this at, uh, at some point for me. So anyway, that's, that's kind of a long winded way to say that I enjoyed it, but I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to really like these movies, I guess. Oh, wow. That's desperate. That's, that's a little dark. <laughs> I don't know how much longer I'm going to like Marvel. Wow. Um, Richard. Surprisingly, I'm, uh, I'm a little higher on this than Brian. Probably. I thought it was, I thought it was very good. Um, enjoyed it. I always expect, um, you know, the feeling Brian just articulated of kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. I kind of go into every Marvel movie with that. Like, mm-hmm. I uh, I love all of them. I don't know why. It just seems like so impossible to make, you know, 17 out of 20 movies very fun. So yeah. I'm always like, this one will suck. This one's going to be weird. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've really never been, uh, aside from Thor 2, never really been totally disappointed. I don't think Avengers 2 aged very well, but I think coming out of the theater, I, I was fine with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this, will, I would say slightly above that, you're right. I mean, uh, you know, just throwing these tons of characters at us, um, you know, probably is a little tired because the last Marvel movie we saw, I guess Ant-Man was after, but, you know, we saw an Avengers movie last year. If if this was three years after an Avengers movie, yeah. it wouldn't seem so, you know. Totally, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I would like to see them kind of go back to telling these, you know, when The Office was really good, they would do, you know, and they had the whole kind of Jim and Pam thing going. They would do these kind of um, other episodes that would drive you crazy if you're following the uh, storyline there. But they would do these these episodes that told the greater story, the long, big, overarching kind of love story of Jim and Pam or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like every fifth episode or every, you know, two out of every five episodes would be totally self-contained, never even reference it and completely kind of make you wanting more, make you wanting for the, the big dynamic overarching story i think you know the marvel universe can could do something like that too i i I hope that there's more you know we've got dr strange later this year hopefully that's more like that uh some more kind of self-contained movies mixed in uh probably at a higher frequency so that when we do get these movies with a million characters in them it feels special and fun yeah that's the goal and just to touch on winter soldier a bit brian um What I love about that one, and you kind of touched on it, is the the lack of characters almost makes it a better movie. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, uh, Captain America and Black Widow, and then they introduce the Falcon character in the movie. Right, yeah. And that's really – and it's just kind of a – almost a James Bond kind of a spy yeah. movie. And it, that mm-hmm. one just – I'm not, that might be my favorite Marvel movie just because it feels – not like any of the other movies at all. You know, it's just so self-contained and sure. uh, such a such a fun action. I mean, it's got uh, Nick Fury in, in it as well, which who we didn't get in this movie. You know, there were characters you couldn't, you didn't have in here. There's no Hulk. There's no Thor. Um, yeah. But they kind of do replace those with uh, the ancillary, the visions and the Scarlet sure. Witches of the world. But Right. Um, and that's kind of like hanging over the head of the film in a lot of right like i mean they mention him they mention hulk and thor a couple of times and i think that's part of my it's not fatigue and 
maybe I sounded darker on it than I was. Like I love the I love this movie and I love these movies in general. I just I did get a little tired head in the first hour of here's this character. What's he doing? Okay, now what's this character doing? Okay, now here's a new yeah. guy. Do you like him? And I'm you know just, what, Brian? You know, and I, I felt the same way. But when you're thinking about all they're trying to do, I mean, this is basically four movies in one movie. Yeah, this oh, is basically totally. yeah. this is the Avengers three. This is Captain mm-hmm. America three. This is Iron Man four, and this is Spider Man one. So yeah, to the fact that this worked at all is impressive. Um, and and it worked. And I think if if you focus on that only, maybe you have better results and you don't bring in the other, you know, the Falcons and the Hawkeyes. And I right. could have done without uh, some of those uh, characters. It's just sometimes at, one, at some point, Brian, I agree, it becomes one too many and you're just like, ugh, you know, yeah. um, there's a fine yeah. line to uh, to walk there if you're uh, trying to make this right. an all encompass. You don't want this to become justice league or whatever and make it yeah. not make yeah. it seem uh shoehorned or forced at all sure uh but ariel i know you've uh, been holding your tongue there what you got <sighs> yeah uh you guys can't see me but i'm actually cracking my knuckles and stretching my arm right now <laughs> i'm ready um so just to touch on something real quick the um there was a you know the batman v superman was announced and then they announced civil war right well there was a report that said that originally the Russo brothers had this idea for Civil War and Kevin Feige said no. And then Batman v Superman was announced and then he's like, you know what? You guys are right. We need to push the envelope. So we did get one thing is that without Batman v Superman, this movie would not have been made That's at true. all. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I heard that Feige too that it, the they kind of uh, settled it because it turned out – what kind of brought them together on the idea – was Feige and then the Russo brothers, all of their mom's names are Martha. And so they were kind of like, you know what? We've got common ground here. So that's just a little a little trivia for you. A little you. inside baseball I was, there. Yeah. I was waiting for the for whoever dropped the, the, the Martha bomb first. Yeah. Um, yeah. Feige was actually another... about to murder both of them right before <laughs> yeah. they found He had out. two kryptonite spears ready to thrust in their hearts. And then Amy Adams comes out of nowhere <laughs> and just just settled She's the just whole like, thing. Please put me in one of your movies instead. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this movie had a lot of characters, and uh, there's a report that says that. Infinity War will have 64 characters, which is insane. Oh, gosh. Uh, what? They've also confirmed – yeah. <laughs> they've confirmed that that's not true, that that's a made-up number. Nobody reported – like, nope, that's not true. Um, and just another actually 68. They're going to do a tournament yeah. to determine who will uh, actually be in the movie. Actually, uh, it's, it's called um, Avengers 3 March Madness. <laughs> uh, Place your bets. <laughs> And speaking of Avengers three, uh, the Russo brothers are in charge, and since they've um, since they're heading it now, they've decided to not take Infinity War and split it into two movies. They're making Avengers three a standalone Avengers movie and Avengers four a standalone Avengers movie. Uh, so they're that's what they're I really, heard. They're, they're I renaming it, decision. aren't they? Yeah, they're renaming it, and they're they're not they like they're they mentioned like when does splitting a movie in half really like when is it successful? And I guess Harry Potter is really the only yeah, example. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't like the first Deathly Hollows. Uh like look what happened to the calm. Hobbit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh so there's you know, what it, it gives me a lot of confidence that the Russo brothers are making like really good decisions. Richard totally. was referencing um kind of standalone movies and the next you know, I don't know when the next Avengers is is, but you have um 
Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Ant-Man 2. Those are, you know, the next four movies. Right. And uh, besides Ant-Man, which is the only sequel, they're all, they all should be standalone films. Like Guardians 2 is happening, but they're, they're kind of realizing that um, Joss Whedon had a lot of trouble with Avengers 2 and it struggled a lot because of it. Uh, so I, I think they're really smart. But in terms of this movie, I, I just like I, 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 Brian says he can't wait to watch it multiple times. I literally couldn't wait, and I watched it three times. So, <laughs> uh, like, uh, Black Panther, I think, was the standout of the movie. Like the first yeah. thing I mentioned is how amazing he is, and how Chadwick Boseman is actually T'Challa, and he's like real African royalty. I don't think he's an actor. Um, you're right. There were a lot of there were a bit too many cuts in the beginning. Uh, I felt kind of like a Jason Bourne movie where he keeps moving from place to place. Um, there are a lot of moments where I feel like the emo- they didn't let the emotion breathe. Yeah. Um, so like the shot could have been maybe two to two to five seconds longer for you to really let it sit in. Um, I just thought whoever, whoever does the action choreography in these movies is the best in Hollywood. Uh, I think it's, the way that how creative they are with their their fight scenes and their choreography is just insane. Uh, there's reports that the guys who did John Wick were the second unit directors. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So that's like that's why like that plays into how good the action was with every character. Uh, I, I have a million thoughts racing, but like Sp- Spider Man felt sh- uh, shoehorned in, but that's because they got the rights in the middle of making the movie. Uh, and they were like, oh, let's let's put him in. But you can easily take that part out and take him out and you can see how like the movie progresses, you know, without it. And it would probably be 15 minutes shorter. Uh, I just I think this is a top three Marvel movie uh, with Winter Soldier still at my number one. Uh, I just think the Russo brothers, they they have the formula. They know what they're doing. I trust them with Avengers more than I trust mm-hmm. the Joss Whedon. Uh you know, Chris yeah. Evans has been amazing as Captain yeah. America ever since Winter Soldier. Like he, like I, he, he didn't want to do it because I don't think he felt he was good enough or the performance was good enough. Uh, but after after Winter Soldier, he's all the talks about him leaving Marvel have stopped. He says, "I want to keep doing this because he knows that now it's good. Now it's undeniably right. good." His performance and like he he holds his own against Robert Downey Jr., which you can't you know say mm. too much with with many actors. So. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot more to say, but you know, I could yeah. be here all day. No, you're right, and it's incredible how he's been able to carry this thing. Chris Evans has, and um, what it's become has been crazy. You never would have thought, you know, at the beginning. Oh no! And and Snyder said it. We I think we talked about it last week. How he's like, if we're not careful, we're gonna have a freaking Captain America movie. You know, like of all the <laughs> announcements they probably made uh, at the beginning of this uh, this launch for Marvel. I was like, yeah, eventually we want to do Captain America. Like, well, that'll never work on screen. Like, he's got a shield, <laughs> and it's pretty lame, you know. There's not a lot you can do, but what they've been able to do, the, the, the amount of ways that they've been able to use the shield is pretty impressive in its own right, yeah. you know. Uh, you'd think that would get old at some point, but they seem to kind of reinvent the wheel, uh, so to speak, with the shield every every Captain America movie, and I've really enjoyed that. It's just been impressive how he's been a character of all these that – I find myself attached to the most. And there have been some characters that have been introduced and Black Panther is one of them that I'm like, man, that was, that was a worthy addition to this. But Mm -hmm. I don't think, I I just don't think the vision has a place in this universe. Same. I'm just, I just, 
I need that to go away. And I think Ariel, you can speak to this more. They hinted at some stuff with the Infinity Stones in his uh, face mask or whatever in his head. So right. I guess they're trying to keep him around more for when we get the Thanos in this, yeah, uh, in the Infinity War and all that. Uh, so that'll probably uh, uh, cross yes. plot lines at some point. And they're I, looking for an excuse I, to keep Vision around, and I just yes. don't see it. I just don't see the I, reason. I think you're 100% right, Ken. I think he fits when you get into more galactic territory, which they will in Infinity War. Why and... do they need him in this movie at all? I, that's 100%. <laughs> Every that time was, yeah. he's on screen, I was I was like kind of taken out of the movie for a second because it's just – he's really – it's really disconcerting to look at him, especially when he's wearing like <laughs> the clothes, the cardigan a, yeah, like a, a, yeah, a nice cardigan, a, a Richard special or something, you know? And I just like, this is, <laughs> it just really was, it was odd. And I, th- I feel like if you're writing out Hulk and Thor, it's also pretty easy to write vision out of, of this and just say like, you know what? We might oh, use him in a couple of years. He's, he's off uh, trying to learn about being a human or something. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not that hard. And, I get why they tried to keep him in it, but it it just doesn't. It's it's so weird to see him in the midst of this storyline with all of these other much more, I think, grounded and, and somewhat realistic superheroes, I guess. Yeah, it just takes a really realistic approach to superheroes. This is sort of the first, I guess, they do it with the Winter Soldier, but this is sort of the first Avengers movie where they really kind of take a step back and at a world like what would it be like if the Avengers were in the real world and what would the government do to try to stop them? They, it's a, it's a plot that they try to address in Batman v Superman to the worst uh, extent <laughs> with Bruce Wayne, yeah. you know, trying to confront Superman about destroying the world and protecting humanity and all that. But this is sort of the opposite approach where, okay, you can, st- we can still have the Avengers, but the government's going to decide which events they can you know, use mm-hmm. their force on because they can't just go around killing everybody at every every time a guy holds a gun up to somebody at a convenience store or whatever, you know. And uh it's interesting and it's you could definitely either be team cap or team Iron Man in a uh non character sense, just in a sort of political sense. <laughs> and um so that's interesting, the commentary there, but the plot line that I've always been interested in with Captain America and um that I liked in his in this movie is just the Bucky Cap storyline I've always really liked their friendship and him trying to kind of reel Bucky back into the to the good side of things. Mm-hmm. Their chemistry is great and the fight scenes between them are great and I I just like the Winter Soldier character a lot and yeah. um yeah I hope they keep that around and uh, I don't want to get into spoilers here too much but um that's just been something that I've really attached myself to has been that that plot line and it's just kind of like weird. Kind of weird to have Robert Downey Jr. in this. I know it's a uh, it's Civil War, but the teenage Tony thing at the beginning was really oh gosh. really jarring, <laughs> creepy, yeah. really creepy, yeah. jarring, and it was the most obvious face uh, stitch over a teenage body that I've seen on screen maybe ever. It was I don't know if it was meant to look bad, but it looked bad. And uh, some of the action in this seems sped up at points. Do you know, you know what I'm I, saying? I don't dude, know if that's a, I, I a wondered technique if you they're guys, trying or if yeah. that's... Did you guys see it in 3D, 3D no, or 2D? 2D. Okay. Ariel, what about you? I, I, st- I stick to 2D mostly. Okay. Richard, so, yeah. I'm assuming you saw 2D. 
Uh, I actually saw 3D. Okay. Did you have in the first the first battle sequence yeah. with uh, Crossbones? Did you have trouble? Like, did it work for you during that? Like, could you follow what was happening? Because I I really struggled. No, with that I one. couldn't. I couldn't. Okay. Um, but I never can. So okay. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not uh, a skilled enough watcher on these kind. Of, I'm always <laughs> very disoriented in action scenes. So uh, I I can't say that I it was noticeably different than yeah. any other action scene i i'd be useless in a if we ever got attacked by aliens i would just be in the middle of the street kind of like dazed (laughs) drooling a little bit yeah you see a difference in the russos and joss whedon the russos have taken more of a i hate to use it i mean paul greengrass approach with these movies yeah and it's great action scenes whereas joss whedon was more of a straightforward way of shooting an action scene and i think it works here it's definitely it, a, a welcome um, change, I guess, to the yeah moving. I think it forward. was fantastic. All the action sequences for me were fantastic after that first one. The first one, it felt like yeah, it was a little shaky. I said this, me. yeah. Well, I said this during. I think it was Jungle Book that it felt like that uh, when the Hobbit came out in that high frame rate. They were, you know, experimented. The Peter Jackson experimented with, and it it was so hard on the eyes. That's what I felt like in the first sequence, and then it. The rest of the movie wasn't like that, so I don't know if they maybe my eyes adjusted or if they yeah. did something different during that sequence or or what. But it was I was kind of having a hard time watching the screen during that that first opening battle sequence. Man, what a freaking cool character Crossbones was! I know, and I know. Uh, the character design in Marvel yeah. has been top notch, aside from Vision. And Vision, I guess, looks as good as you can make him look from the what they did with oh, the yeah, comics, absolutely. unless they go a completely, you know, different direction with the design. Uh, aside from that, these characters look incredible. I think Black Panther looked awesome, uh, the mask yeah. and everything. Oh, he is looked his costume looked great. amazing. I, I got, uh, I don't like his like claws or whatever. It though, I, I think it's super cheesy. I get like a Catwoman vibe, like when the claws come out and he's like doing the cat like reflexes type moves and stuff <laughs> I, that's kind of lame maybe i i love the character i love how they set up the character and everything and i love the actor and i i i want to see a standalone movie of this before i completely judge him but uh i didn't i don't I guess i don't like his ability as a superhero maybe that's just a something that's we're always going to have and i'll have to get used to but um well the uh I mean, the claws are part of, it's part of the comic books. Yeah. Um, it's not like, that's not like, you know, he's not like Wolverine, you know, claws from his fingertips. It's the yeah. suit, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole point is the suit is made out of the same, mostly the same material as the, as the shield. Right. And that's why, like, he's just 100% bulletproof and he can move like, you know, like an animal because of it. So, oh, I gotcha. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I like this. I just, the ability of the, the claws, like, it's, it reminds me of that Family Guy bit where they all get superpowers and Megs is to grow her fingernails long. Like, it's just kind of like when you think yeah. about it, it's like, oh, that's that's it? Like, you can scratch me? Okay. But the the fact that he has the vibranium suit and uh, the origin of the character, like I said, is um is great. With the I actually like that plot line. The bombing yeah. and, oh, yeah. of the, and now he's the king and he has to choose between being the king and being the superhero, but now he's going to be both. And he's always been the protector of his nation. I, I enjoyed that. There was an explanation for that, that I uh, really 
really likes. And speaking of explanations, I guess we should talk Spider-Man. I don't know how far into this we want to get spoiler-wise. Can we? Yeah, let's just go all in spoilers. Let's go point. all in spoilers. Like a yeah, everybody's seen this movie already. So yeah, spoiler spoilers coming Tell us up. more than once. <laughs> so okay, everything's on the table now. So if you want to work Spider-Man into this, um. I think there are ways to do it that uh, I guess you could you could say could fit, and I think they did that here. For example, we we never really got an explanation in the Tobey Maguire Spider Man series. Like, how does he go from he's wearing a gym, sh- you know, basically gym clothes to like this high tech uh, Spider Man gear and basically <laughs> a cut? You know, like there's no, no met ex- class. Yeah, there's. The only explanation is like, well, now he's a better superhero than he was. So now he has a better costume. You know, there was maybe they tried to explain that more in the Amazing Spider-Man with the, uh, I guess, what's the corporation? It's not LexCorp in that. It's the, uh, it's the Green Oscorp. There you go. Um, I literally cannot remember anything about the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. I'm trying to. Except both I left feeling like, nah, I didn't really enjoy that. That's all I can, that's just like a general feeling about them. That's it. I thought the uh, fact that maybe, okay, Tony Stark lives in New York, you know, Stark Towers in New York. Uh, Maybe he could have heard about Spider-Man in the news, you know, small, you know, paper news. And uh, wanted to help the kid out, you know. Hey, man, you need Mm -hmm. a better suit than you got. So I'm going to help you out. And that's kind of the explanation for Spider-Man's high-tech suit. And also how they meet, you know, very simple kind of way to do that. And I felt like it was forced. I think the scene at his house was kind of weird. Like the fact that Tony Stark's just randomly with Aunt May and then uh, all that was kind of out out of place. But um, I think it was a good way for them to work it in. And we don't get a freaking origin story. This kind of confirms that we don't get the origin story because he asks him about how – he can climb walls and then, you know, spider Spider-Man's like, you know, well, uh, you know, I got bit. Well, it's a long story. I'm going to see, you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to tell you it's, it's a long story. And I, I like that little line that they dropped in. Like we've, we already totally. know why you yeah. have the abilities. We don't need to rehash that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny, but I'm looking forward to more, more Spider-Man. They seem to have captured the tone that we've all wanted yeah. for Spider-Man. Yeah. And Tom Holland seems to be up to the task. If right. you will. I Absolutely. gotta say, so I was ready to to roll my eyes when he did the "I got a friend" or whatever, whatever he, whatever Tony Stark said about I'm gonna go track down Spider Man. And then when Spider Man came in, I thought, "Gosh, I'm so freaking tired of Spider Man. I don't, I just, I don't, I'm not down with this. I don't." And then about a minute in, I was like, "I love this. I love this kid. I think <laughs> he's, he seems like he gets these the Peter Parker slash Spider Man." role and what that kind of uh, persona and attitude you you want I think from Spider-Man I enjoyed the interaction between him and and Tony I thought that was a really strong moment of the film so I thought they took what should you guys one of you guys said kind of shoehorned and I think you're right yeah, and I think they me. took this like shoehorned idea or last second oh gosh we got to get this in and I I thought they nailed it I thought they made it if not a key moment in the film, then at least like a standout moment, something that I, I feel like I'll look back on and think, man, that was a really, that was a fun, uh, you know, three minute conversation. And it was, 
kind of a, it was an interesting way to introduce that character and just just like you said can't like i like breathed a, a real sigh of relief that that was his uh his origin right there and we're not gonna have to see the exact same thing that we've already seen i know it's only twice but it feels like eight times in the last 12 years you know you know what's weird is that um Tony Stark literally asked him, he's like, so what gets you out of that twin bed in the morning? Like, why are you doing this? And, and we haven't heard the phrase with great power comes great responsibility since like 2002. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it hasn't been uttered since the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire or whatever, whatever that was. And I was sitting there. I'm like, Oh no, he's going to say it. Like, yeah, even though it's here. been yeah. 12 years, like 14 years. Oh no, he's going to say it. And like, they kind of like, and like he wants to say it, he feels like he should say it, but he kind of just kind of, he just gets it out, you know, gets the words out, and like you know, he's he's here to help the little guy. And I like that they, I just like that they didn't say it, and like yes. he didn't explain. It's like, oh yeah, I was bit by a radioactive spider. Like right. there's there's better ways to get around that conversation because you know, like you said, we all would have rolled our eyes at that moment, and uh, I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. Like you know, it was shoehorned in as a whole, but I felt that for what they, you know, despite the fact that it it really was. They did it as well as they could have, I think. Yeah, when you realize that, oh no, we're about to get Spider-Man in this, you wonder what you're going to get. And I felt the same way, Brian, when he walks in and then Aunt May's there. But when they start throwing in the meta stuff, it won me over, you know? Yeah. And the fact that yeah. she's so young oh, and too. attractive and it's like, what is going on? And uh, that he's like, well, I didn't know an, an aunt could be so young and attractive or whatever <laughs> he says. And uh, I thought that was funny. And I think the way they... To introduce, because Spider-Man's always been kind of a snarky, sarcastic character. You know, he kind of uses his quip with the bad guys. And the only scene we really get of that, that kind of captured the tone in the Garfield was when he's like, oh, little knives, I'm so scared, you know, and all that. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was kind of the only moment where we're like, oh, wow, this is kind of Spider-Man-y. The way to do that is... You know what? His first scene should be with freaking Robert Downey Jr., the king of snark, you know, (laughs) so that if he can play (laughs) off his character at all, you know, if they can work together, then we can kind of establish him as kind of the Iron Man of the next Avengers if uh, Robert Downey Jr. ever decides, at least the personality wise, uh, the the person we're going to come to for the one liners is going to be Spider-Man. And I think they set up the character very well and i'm actually excited yeah. for and, and they've, they've said that uh he's signed on for for spider-man robert Downey jr has for the the spider-man standalone and i'm excited to yeah, see they yeah. worked well together i'm just saying like that could be a, totally. a real uh, yeah. real uh something that we could look forward to but uh, and it could be a passing the torch kind of situation exactly too, as exactly yes we now have our quippy, funny superhero and what a better Downey. character Let's take a few movies off like iron man yeah. was kind of a surprise almost an accident the fact that yeah they launched the mcu with iron man but the fact that it became he became the most popular character in the avengers was kind of what surprised them you know i'm sure they thought the hulk or uh even captain america or thor would be a bigger character than iron man and iron you know everyone when iron man came out it's like this is a character nobody cares about nobody knows him you know it's not batman it's not superman it's not any of the big recognizable characters, and it kind of Robert Downey Jr.'s persona won everybody over. But what a better character to pass the torch to than freaking Spider Man, you know? Yeah. If you can at all, yeah. Uh, box it's, office it's numbers Marvel's wise, biggest and, you know, property, exactly. And uh, man, I think if if they pull that off, that's going to be awesome. But uh, again, really like Spider Man, and I guess they went with the mechanical web shooters again, Brian. 
It's um I'm fine with it. I've come around. It's it's fine. Like, oh, it, doesn't, good. it doesn't uh it didn't bother me this time around. I don't know why that was I don't He says he developed reason, the technology just, himself though this time, yeah, which I don't believe. It, okay. Well I believe he got it know. from Oscorp. Like in the, All right. in the well, last I'm one. sure we'll Hardly find out. Little. But I liked I, I liked the suit design and I thought it worked well with the mechanical web shooters instead of the out of the palm web thing. I thought it was kind of funny when uh I guess Spider Man sort of chasing chasing them down in the sort of big climactic fight scene in the airport. I think some people are in the airport and he's like outside and you could see him through the glass. He's like crawling on the top and one of the guys, I can't remember who it was, maybe Hawkeye looks up, he's like, oh, everybody's got a bit now. You know, like, yeah, he's a spider. Yeah. He's a everyone's spider a guy. Yeah, everybody's got a gimmick. This guy's a spider. This guy's a panther. You know, all this yeah. stuff. I thought that was, uh, that was funny as well. But, a lot of other plot lines to talk about and wrap <laughs> up in this movie. The uh, the Peggy Carter uh, plot line. Sorry, Richard. Looks like we're, we're, oh. we're transitioning from Peggy Carter to the new the new chick here with the love Sharon. interest. Yeah. Yeah. Sharon Carter. I guess it's this, okay. This kind of it's proves okay. that uh yeah, Haley Atwell is great and um she got her own TV show because of her like 20 minutes in the first Avenger, so I think she can't be too upset with all uh all that's come of it. Hey ma'am fam question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. But I guess this proves that they want Captain America involved still. If they're going to give him a new love interest and another thing for us to worry about, I guess, with the character. Mm -hmm. is his love life now. So 
Um, well, at this rate, we'll see them kiss again in the next three movies. Like <laughs> Captain America right. Six, they'll right. finally like hug. So yeah, side when, hug. When they're proving like nod from yeah. Falcon. Is there anything yeah. worse in these movies than the "We want you to care" more than the when Thor looks at the screen of Natalie Portman in the Avengers and is like. And, and uh, I guess Agent Coulson's like, she's safe. Don't worry. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like just out of Even nowhere. Even this one with Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. With that, oh, they need to like, unless she's in the movie or it's a, it has a lot to do with the plot of the movie. Just don't bring the love interest in. Like we can address that later, you know, in their own standalone. Mm, that, was, I guess. that was weird. That like, like why? Why even have it in there? I, I mean, extra motivation. I had forgotten he... that Pepper was even a thing until, or that <laughs> that his love for her was even a part of his motivation at all, or Tony's sure. motivation at all. And uh, yeah. well, they clearly have it ruined zero his presentation at MIT. Yeah, it, yeah, they clearly have no idea what to do with her since she has whatever the what's that what's the serum called or the ex genus you know extremists extremists yeah what do you well they said they got rid of it they healed her okay. from it. Or they cured right. her, you know, because okay. in the comic books, it, it, yeah, it works because you know they 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 always keep her the secretary. Like they always like as much as they flirt, as much as they you know have that you know kind of uh, attraction to each other. They always make it so that she's an employee, and so you can keep her around because as soon as you move that relationship on, you know, it ends up happily ever after or it fails, and because right. it's not interesting. Yeah, this flirting this, this movie kind of tries to address the question of that we've had in every Marvel movie since the Avenger, like, oh, why don't they just call the Avengers, you know? And uh, they kind of try to go about that in a, in a funny way. In fact, there's a line in here where they ask the, I guess, the Avengers that are assembled there at the, the government headquarters, they ask them, you know, where is the Hulk and, you know, where's Thor? And they're like, we don't know. And they're like, you don't know. You know, that's like having yeah. two nuclear bombs out there and you just don't know where they are, you know? And right. I, I thought yeah. that was a very funny way to, to comment on that situation. But you just can't have Avengers just rolling around everywhere, guys. You got to gotta put the reins <laughs> on them just a little bit. Um, that was – it was actually surprising that they didn't try to – try to force him into this in some in some way at all or loki like loki yep. didn't show up at the end or something or thanos you know i think they're smarter there was actually than that, more yeah. that they could have done here like yeah. we got to give them credit for not not going completely overboard but somebody yeah oh totally somebody who yeah. i was it was a welcome addition i think was was ant-man i've always i i enjoy yes. the standalone oh, Ant-Man. I, I, I really like paul rudd and that was kind of a surprise uh, definitely that's kind of more of a standalone marvel movie uh, it didn't tie much into the Avengers, but it it did. You know, you could see where it was going. But I always anticipated his his uh, I guess joining of the Avengers, and I'm just sad that it came on the Cap side because I wanted to see, you know, uh, Paul Rudd and Robert Downey Jr. play off each other more. We get some play between Chris Evans and him when he first shows up, and he's like, "Are you even real?" You know, all that uh, was pretty funny. Yeah, but can we get? Can we stop with the everybody's loves Captain America and uh, is impressed and wants to meet Captain America and all that? You know, like they use those jokes. He's like, a war hero. They use those jokes in the Avengers with Coulson, like, and they kind of beat it into the ground. Then I'm kind of I'm just personally kind of sick of the oh my god, it's Captain America shtick in this uh, mm. universe. I don't know. 
Maybe I'm I didn't, the only one. I didn't mind that, but what I did, what I loved was I felt like I really enjoyed Ant-Man. It's like, it's like we, we can't think of a funny bit to do between Ant-Man and Cap. So, oh, how about Ant-Man really obsessed with Captain America, you know? Sure. Uh, I just think it's kind of easy way out sure. as far as that goes, but I liked it. Yeah. I enjoyed I enjoyed the standalone Ant Man film quite a bit, but it did leave me wanting a little bit as far as I love Paul Rudd and I think Paul Rudd is a really funny guy and that movie is funny, but it always felt like it wasn't quite as funny as I would like it to be, or or maybe even as as smart with the humor. I love like Ant Man coming out of the out of the van and he's got what like twelve minutes of screen time total. Yeah, I was dying. I was like, this is. I thought the Russos wrote so well for him to make I that agree. character exactly as kind of pithy and um like kind of ridiculously funny as I expected from the entire Ant Man franchise. Like, I want more. I want more Ant Man in. Russo directed movies. I thought he they nailed it with with him. Man, and the way he, you know, they use him in the fight scene, the sort of middle fight scene of this movie at the airport was amazing. Um, his scale, you haven't really seen his scale on display before. You haven't yeah. really seen his abilities on display against more than one enemy before. And they did some good stuff with the scale in Ant Man. But uh, most of it was like, oh, now he's in a bathtub and he's going down the drain or, oh, now he's right, like right. riding an ant or whatever. You know, it's kind of some kind of cheesy stuff uh, as well. But, man, yeah. he fit like they showed off his abilities. Yes. Amazing in this. And when he goes inside of Iron Man's suit and starts taking it apart, that was incredible. It's like what an awesome <laughs> way. Yeah, that was an awesome. And uh, then he becomes Giant Man and it's even awesomer. And he's tearing apart the airport, and it's like Godzilla, but it's Ant Man. And oh man, that was that was such a that was the climax of the movie. I think when Ant Man goes in Iron Man's suit and starts taking it apart, and they start having that back and forth. I thought uh, that was the climax of the movie for me. Um, I was laughing, smiling, great action scene. Uh, that was that's what I want in my uh, my Avengers mm-hmm. movies, really. Now, let alone my sure. Captain America movies. So. Uh, well, and I, I also think it set up the finale really well because you cl- – I mean they even mentioned you're pulling your punches in this fight. You're like they're not trying to kill each other in this this battle against each other. You know, it's it's a – it's almost like uh, – It's like a sparring show. match. Yeah, it's a sparring match in a lot of ways. And and so it, it can be a very enjoyable sequence, which it is, and I think that is important for that. And it also – I think it, it it makes that last sequence between Cap and and Stark um, really a lot weightier than I kind of expected it would be. Like I felt like there was legitimate stakes in that fight versus I agree uh, the you know the kind of play fight before that, and and I think that a, a part of that comes from it stems from the fact that they did this kind of elaborate fun. Uh, sparring match before that you, you there's a massive difference between those two and i think that is very uh, very apparent i guess yeah i agree and uh that's been one of my biggest complaints with these movies is that there's no stakes at all in any of these right. i never once right. felt like captain america was going to die in this movie i never once felt like Iron Man was going to die in this movie. And I mean, part of that is because we know what's going on in the industry. So we know there are movies coming out. I mean, maybe the average movie goer doesn't think about those things or know those things, but 
just felt like there haven't been any stakes, and the only real death we've gotten in these is Coulson, but he came back uh, in the mm. TV series, and then I guess Quicksilver. Quicksilver dies in Age of Ultron, and that, as we yeah, as far that as wasn't we know, a loss. Yeah, it wasn't much of a loss to begin with, but uh, as far as we know, he's still he could come back. I mean, we don't we just don't know. But yeah. um, there just haven't been any stakes, and that sort of bothered me with this film too. I just never felt like any of it was going to happen other than the villain dying or something like that. And speaking of the villain, Daniel Brühl is a really talented actor and I wish they would have brought him into this universe sooner. Honestly. Yeah. He was, I thought he was excellent. He would have been a great Loki, you know, he would have been uh, a great, uh, you know, Hydra agent in, in earlier films, maybe in the winter soldier. Uh, You know, I just, I wish they could use them more. I want to, I want more from this character. He's a great actor. And um, mm-hmm. and uh, a welcome addition to this, and a good villain too. In this, you know, you expect them to play the villain, but uh, these movies get criticized for having not believable villains. We've had the Guy Pierce villain in Iron Man three, and we had the, you know, mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell, and it's just they've been super like guys in suits, lame. And this guy was a guy in suit, but kind of an intimidating guy in suit. And uh, yeah, I, I like that. I thought he was very good. I thought the character development was a little lacking for me. I I still feel like we're missing com- truly compelling villains in this. We're still this playing universe. off the the Hydra plot. I just I'm just wondering when yeah. we're gonna move yeah. on from Hail Hydra to the next like uh, crisis in the world. I guess. Yeah, well, he wasn't the, uh, the character wasn't, wasn't Hydra. Hydra. Yeah. Yeah. He what he did. He's like he's like Hydra deserves its place on the ash sheep, he said. Like, he doesn't like it. He's just, he used it as a means to an end uh, right. to find the Winter Soldier. But, um, but I, I, you know, the scene in the beginning where he's, where he kills, where he drowns the guy, I thought that was excellent. He's like, uh, you know, yeah, it's... you're right. And, but I mean, I guess the fact that this is Captain America 3, they had to make it sort of Hydra focused. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. It's just, I'm kind of tired of it. Honestly, I liked that yeah. they brought it I back. You... I liked that they brought it back for the Winter Soldier because that was kind of like, oh, they're always watching. You know, they've always been there. That was kind of a cool twist, if you will. But uh, right, yeah. the fact that it's still, I mean, they've been teasing Thanos for how long, guys? I mean, we need yeah. to move. We just need to pull the trigger and move on it. You know, we need we need to do it and we need to make the transition now, I think. Yeah. I was bummed they killed off Crossbones because I thought right. that had the legacy to that had the potential to be that that villain where you're like, oh yeah, Crossbones is pretty dope. I'm scared of that dude, and then they blew him up. So that kind of I, I think um, because with with Thanos and the the Infinity Gauntlet, you have the potential to bring back anybody. Uh, um, so I think somehow they bring back Crossbones and Red Skull because you can only so far with Captain America movies without the Red Skull because it's his, that's his best adversary. I thought he was going to come back in this movie, And honestly. Crossbones is the best, you know. Oh, like somehow he survived the explosion or something? I thought he was, I thought. Oh, Red Skull, Red Skull. Okay. Red Skull, yeah. I thought Red Skull was going to show up, but. Yeah, I hope they bring him back because he's, he was excellent. You know, Hugo Weaving doesn't want to do it apparently, but uh, oh, he's a great villain, I think. I think is I think he is as well. And uh, there were some wow moments in this movie for me. For example, when the Winter Soldier like grabs the motorcycle <laughs> as it's driving by and just drives away. That was so cool. Was like, what a that was so Fast moment. and Furious. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was Fast and Furious. It was like Legolas, Lord of the Rings. Like when he grabs the horse, and like <laughs> it was awesome. 
it was a moment I didn't expect, but uh, yeah. pulled it off. It was... I thought the best scene in the whole movie was the stairwell fight sequence. I, th- yes, I was yes. dying. I was, this is, you know, Daredevil does that in every episode pretty much. He just wrecks shop in a hallway or something. But that was more impressive in some ways because it's, you know, they're kind of working in tandem, but also against each other at the same time. And uh, it felt... It felt like something out of the raid or something. I mean, it was just yeah. such a absolutely, uh, yeah, uh, such a strong. I, I enjoyed that more than that whole sequence from there through, drag the motorcycle and all that. That was that was awesome. Just kind of pulse pounding action that you want from that we've come to, I guess, expect now from Russo Brothers Avengers movies. I I still love the scene in The Winter Soldier where he gets in the elevator and yeah, they do oh, this yeah. scene. That yeah. is just so oh, yeah. epic. I mean. And it's just not not marvelly at all, you know. It's like yep. he's in an elevator just fighting thugs, you know, mm-hmm. and it's so compelling and great. Um, but man, that was a wow moment for me. Any wow moments for you, Ariel? Besides the moto scene, I know you like that. That one, yeah. Uh, there was a little, there was a small thing where like Black Panther does this triple jumping, spinning air kick. And it was uh-huh. just like, wait, nobody should be physically possible, like physically able to do that. Um, and, but the, the whole, the whole choreography is amazing. Like, I don't know if you guys know this, but I, I took martial arts for a really time and, and I love like Bruce Lee and I love the raid and all that. So, um, and I even loved the man of steel's fight scene because I thought it's the first time somebody got superhero fights. Right. Uh, but this one just blows it out of the water because there's, there's what, maybe 15 people uh, in that airport fight. And everybody has different powers besides war machine and, and Iron Man. And they're just, they're so creative in it, and they're so you know it, it's just so visually stunning watching each each character fight in a different way, and 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 yeah. how they all kind of how they're intertwine with each other and everything, yeah. right? It's like like, like you, Scarlet Witch is yeah, it's like something okay. out of a video game or something, you know? It's like Mortal Kombat yeah. times twenty with all the Avengers or whatever, and uh, right, and it, it's great. There's because there's no basis for that and how that should really look in the comic books because right. it's really just. It's just pictures on a page. You you don't see how it moves kinetically. Uh, so like you know, like I said, like Wanda is moving stuff with her mind, and Spider Man can can you know swing from from the top of the building, but Falcon can you know use his wings as a shield and fly and has the Red Bird right. on him, and uh, Black Panther's indestructible, so he they play with that, and and Captain America like they make him just the most BA, like the best combatant in the world. And it's not even a question at the end of this film because he beats everybody. He embarrasses War Machine. He beats Spider-Man who like Spider-Man is, can lift cars and trucks over his head, right? Like they showed in the movie and he has a spider sense, spider sense. And he has the web shooters, but Captain America is a hundred years old and he has the fighting experience. So he embarrasses him in, you know, and at the end when he, he beats Tony like half to death. So, I, yeah. I really loved watching Captain America fight in this. Yeah, they've made him made him quite the super soldier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah. It's been, it's been a good one. It's been great to see the growth of the character, though, and uh, yeah. something that I, I really enjoyed. Some One of the characters that I was thought I was going to hate or think there was no place for in this was Scarlet Witch. But if you're going to have her in the movie, at least have her abilities have some kind of bearing yeah. on the events of the plot. Like she mm-hmm. stops the suicide right. bomb, I think at the beginning and she uses her powers, I guess, to affect the events of the film. It just not, yeah. it didn't seem, 
unnecessary. So at least if you're going to have her, make her do something, you know. And I didn't feel right. like and she's she wasn't black. I mean, Black Widow. God bless her. God bless you, Scarlet. You know, <laughs> she's a great actress and a personality we've come to know and love in this universe. But I mean, there's a scene in here where Crossbones throws a grenade like in a tank, and she and it blows up. She's like rolls out, you know, and like runs away. Mm-hmm. I, she doesn't have any particular <laughs> ability other than being trained in martial arts. You know, she's not invincible in any way. She's not a, a mutant of any kind, but she seems to be invincible and able to withstand anything that comes her way in any situation. And uh, it's just kind of weird. There's, it's kind of unexplained. And uh, yeah, it, how do you feel about her? I, and I know I asked that question because I know they're trying to get a, Black Widow standalone in the works or get that uh, moving forward with Wonder Woman and things coming out that they need to compete with. Uh, I can see that happening. But Ariel, what do you think of that? I I thought that this movie, they had a deliberate, they deliberately showed her out of her depth because mm-hmm. like you said, like the like Winter Soldier and, and uh, like Black Panther are your weaker members of this you know, of ever people there and like they can smoke Black Widow clearly in that one that one scene in the the UN or building whatever yeah where he just you know wrecks Black Widow and I, I they purposely showed her out of her depth like she had a lot more to do in Winter Soldier uh, where Captain America is the most powerful person around um, and and if you had a Black Widow solo film you would make it more like you know a very specific spy movie uh, yeah. probably make it a prequel to to Avengers, you know, uh, otherwise, you know, it doesn't make sense. Just calling the Avengers or calling cap to, to take care of whatever it is, right. but it, it is rough. I, I, I've always questioned whether or not that movie would work. And I always called for like a captain Marvel movie uh, coming up. Like that would be better and a better scale. Um, but it, it's hard because you're like, she's the weakest member and it's not even close anymore. Like a Scarlet Witch. Yeah, it's just, it's very weird because you know. she has a place in this universe, and she definitely does in the Winter Soldier when there's the reveal and she kind of takes off the mask and it's her. You know, she's infiltrated Shield or whatever, and right. uh, exposed Hydra. But you know, it works there. But if you're assembling a team and like, all right, we're gonna face off you know is she the person you're going to call if you're having a galactic (laughs) battle you know like you can use her in certain situations and her skill set comes in handy but i just wouldn't think this would be it you know the civil war between uh between the avengers or whatever it just felt felt like it felt like she was the one person that couldn't hold her own in these fights but she did and continues to do so so uh maybe maybe the standalone will again change my mind on that but man, Marvel is so bold with this because, like we said with Spider Man, you have one of the biggest characters, maybe the biggest superhero character uh, in the world besides Batman. And right. uh, they have this poster out, this Civil War, and it's got every actor, and Spider Man's not even on the poster. It's got every character <laughs> yeah. but Spider Man. I mean, how easy would it be to throw Spider Man on that poster and, and sell more tickets? You know what I mean? But they're like, nope, we're not going to do it. We're going to have the reveal yeah. organically. It's going right. to happen. It's going to catch people off guard. It's going to make them more excited for Spider- the next Spider-Man. And uh, that's, that's just that just shows you that Marvel kind of knows what they're doing here. Or if they don't know what they're doing, they they think about a lot of stuff. They make, they make good decisions, and they don't make decisions straight for money, I guess, is the point I'm getting sure. at. Because that's an <laughs> yeah. easy 
cash grab to put, you know, Captain America and then Iron Man facing off, you know, side profile and then Spider-Man right between them, you know, boom, come yeah. see the movie. Which is know? what they did in the comic books. That's literally the cover of the comic okay, book. Okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, very, yeah. like, anyone would go see that, you know. So uh, the fact that they didn't do that is uh, I admire them for it. Yeah, but, and this will that helps with you know the legs of this film. Like Batman v Superman had historically bad, uh, you know, legs. You know, right. um, word of for, mouth. You know, further box yeah. right, word of mouth, and and the word of mouth on this film is is sensational. I mean, when people said that Wonder Woman stole the show in, in BVS, and it's weird because she was in it for so little and didn't really do anything. But like Black Panther and Spider Man have each of them have double the screen time of Wonder Woman and and they do in fact steal the show like that's all people talk about on my feed like Spider-Man was great Black uh, Black Panther was amazing so people are going to watch this movie because you know everyone's saying it's good mm-hmm. yeah what's one aspect of this series that you could do without Ariel what's one character uh, that you the- wish was not involved what's one plot line that you're like please stop in like the MCU total, in the MCU going forward, I guess this included, but right, uh, that's hard. I like I wish Vision wasn't in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I wish you pulled the Doctor Manhattan like in Watchmen. Yeah, it's like you know I, I'm I am better than these humans. Why am I even here? Like, and you have him show up in Guardians where the scale fits and mm-hmm. and the yeah. power set fits. Uh, but the, I don't know. It's hard. I I like I. I you know what I could do without I could do without people getting mad at the Hulk. Um I was really upset in Age of Ultron when like the Hulk went on another rampage. Like we just we just had that guys. Mm-hmm. Uh and I I don't I don't like either Thor movie. I think he's better in Avengers. I think he's I'd rather see like a Hulk standalone uh, oddly enough, you know, with some crazy monster than to watch Thor and Natalie Portman awkwardly look in each other's eyes while fighting mm-hmm. some weird and you know other dimensional alien that you know has technology and not magic like it doesn't make any sense that whole that whole thing doesn't make any sense the thor stories so like thor is the one character i could do without yeah richard loves thor i do love thor (laughs) thor is good i i like that first thor movie quite a bit the second one is pretty terrible but i do think i like that thor movie almost in spite of the stuff you just mentioned, Ariel, like I can't stand the Natalie Portman storyline right. at all. It doesn't, it doesn't work. I it's like the cat dinning super... storyline personally. <laughs> well, it's because <laughs> such a huge two bro girls fan. So, yep. you know, did you know that that's a continuity, right? Like that's the same character. So like, Oh, two it... bro girls. They'll have a, they'll have them. No, they'll have them. Oh, I was like, that would be deep. <laughs> Like two broke girls is smart enough to figure that out. Thor yeah. just shows no. up on two broke girls, like full powers. <laughs> yeah, they should make that happen. Yeah, I could deal without Rhodey from here on out. Yeah. Like if Rhodey yeah. would have died in this movie, I was kind of like, okay, well, you you served your time. This uh, what this movie did. Right. You're not even that... going to kill off Rhodey, guys. I know. I was a little honestly, I was a little bummed by that because that character kind of whips me because it it just seems kind of redundant and. I it sort of works in the Iron Man movies, but it doesn't work in the greater MCU storyline to me. So I'm not super impressed with that. I was thrilled, seriously thrilled though, that they didn't have 800 billion Iron Man suit explosions. That yes, felt like uh, <laughs> like a massive uh, 
bonus, I guess, of like, oh, they learned maybe a little bit from. I rewatched Iron Man three a couple of days ago, and I really like the first two thirds of that film, and then it yeah. just is so explosiony that I I can't. Yeah. It, it's yeah. really difficult to watch. Like as soon as he saves everybody in from Air Force One. The movie should end right there. Like we don't need any more <laughs> of this for that. Yeah, what kind of works with this movie is the fact that the biggest action set piece isn't at the end. Uh, sort yeah, of the right. middle, sort yeah, of the, the middle airport. big set piece at the airport cool. is the big one, and at the end we sort of get a more isolated, I guess, one on one on one with the Winter Soldier, Iron Man, and and Cap, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's pretty intense, and there's more stakes involved than uh than the earlier one but it did what didn't feel like a barrage at the end which i appreciated could have easily been been so but man a lot to talk about with this one and uh i i really like the fact that uh the daniel Brühl character said i know i could never beat you the only way that i could beat you is to get you to kill each other you know to get you to turn yeah, on each other that was good and i just like oh man that 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 burns deep it's a deep burn you know <laughs> it's a william hurts uh just to um i guess move things along because i I feel like we i've talked a lot but i really want to get this out william hurts general ross he shouldn't say any like he's the worst character to be talking about responsibility and and accountability because it's like dude you wrecked new york and brazil and that university trying to find bruce banner And like, how did you even get the Secretary of State job? I don't yeah. like if if you had replaced all his lines with Martin Freeman, who is a better actor, I think, then I I would have been I would have liked this movie even more. Uh, oddly enough, that was my one big complaint. Like, don't yeah. talk, don't like. And he's like, he's like, oh, how many people you know died because of Cap? I'm like, well, without Captain America, the world would have ended about three or four times over. So maybe you should cut the guy some slack. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, just true. it was. Yeah, hearing him hearing him talk about accountability was so like I was rolling my eyes the three times I watched that scene. Rolls rolling my <laughs> eyes each time. <laughs> and I thought it was a funny, maybe an Easter egg, the fact that one of the words that sets off uh, Bucky is homecoming, and the fact mm-hmm. that uh, the next Spider-Man <laughs> movie is called Homecoming. I don't know if they worked that in on purpose. Probably was that in the comic, Ariel. The word homecoming? Uh, no. No? Okay. No, it wasn't. I didn't know that you just had to, like, say a spell and to get the Winter Soldier to activate. What uh, you didn't see on screen was that comply, it was... Ready to sir. Uh, it was uh, Woody Harrelson who oh. uh, implanted the words. Oh. Oh, uh, okay. Makes I, sense. Makes more yeah, sense. So. It's all coming together. Yeah. Magic is real, guys. It's real. It's, it's, right. it's Merit. His name's Merit. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, I guess we should move on to grades now, guys. I'm going to give this a a minus. It's a strong, quite strong, definitely in uh, the top three uh, Marvel movies, I'll say. Uh, go ahead, Brian. F. Just hated it. Just can't believe No. Uh, I, I, almost, I almost hung up right there. <laughs> Just trying to push Ariel Gosh. over the top. Um, you know... I think I'm I'm going to go with an A. It's uh, I could go A minus with you Ken. I'm a I really like this movie and I think it is one that I'm going to enjoy more the second, third, fourth time I watch it. Um uh, I did. <laughs> I think I think I think the, so too. And it's way better only, rewatchability than Age of Ultron. 
Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. I think most of the issues that I have with the movie really are more about the universe itself and the future of said universe than I than it is with the movie itself, I guess. So I think it's I think it's a very strong entry and um I would say I would put Guardians above it because Guardians is probably my favorite movie from, from Ugh, this universe. I, uh, I love Guardians uh. and uh <laughs> And Ariel and I are gonna fight after this, but no, I, I love Guardians, and I would, I, I would put it beneath uh, Winter Soldier, and so I, I think I'd put it on par with Avengers and the first Iron Man. That's where I'd end up. Yeah, Richard, I give this a minus. Ariel, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with an A. I, uh, I, my exclusive Marvel. MCU film A plus is Winter Soldier, uh, but I'd put this maybe third, maybe behind Iron Man one, right above Avengers. Wow, can't yeah. I can't argue. This yeah, is this no. was a yeah. uh, this was a shocking uh, turn of events. The fact that this worked like it did, and who who could have seen this coming, guys? That BVS didn't <laughs> wouldn't work, and that this would. I mean, it's just well, what I, a world. I, what a world. I held out hope that. BVS would be good, and I held out like a little bit of doubt that this could be bad. Yeah, uh, but I ended up being spot on with both. So. Imagine that. <laughs> well, uh, let's hit a recommend, guys. Weekly recommends. I'm going to recommend something on the music side of things, which we often like to do. And uh, Radiohead released their new album today. Yeah, yeah, and it's called uh, "A Moon Shaped Pool." But uh, I'm going to recommend something for the movie fans. They did a documentary back in the 90s. Uh, mm. It's about the, the time, around the time that OK Computer came out. And it's called Meeting People is Easy. And it's done by Radiohead, so it's very Radiohead-y. Uh, if you're wondering why they're just showing a street for four minutes with music playing and things like that. But uh, a lot of great concert footage and a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, right after OK Computer came out and uh, of course it was a huge album, very critically acclaimed and they sort of deal with uh, all that, the press and everything it's sort of a Maisel style documentary about Radiohead, it's it's fun to watch I think if you catch it on YouTube or something Meeting People is Easy is what it's called and check out the album too, I like Radiohead and uh, the album, new album I've heard it once only so far but it sounds Sounds to me, it sounds to me like Radiohead, so that's yeah. all I can ask for. So, uh, yeah, that's my recommend. Richard, cool. uh, yeah, if you like the if you like Captain America, the last couple of Captain America movies, and you've enjoyed the Russos, then and you aren't familiar with the rest of development, uh, you should go back and watch the rest of development. It's always a uh, I've been you know uh, spreading the good word of this show for like fifteen years, and so I, I continue to do it every once a year. Recommend people to see it, especially. Uh, especially the original seasons, the Fox seasons. Um, yeah, check it out. It's all on Netflix. And uh, the Russos direct many episodes of it. Uh, and it's fantastic and wonderful and hysterical. So, all right, Brian. Yeah, I'll second that. That's the best. The best. It's the best. The other day I made three Arrested Development jokes in like an hour to uh, one of my group texts. And I felt like I had just, you know, I don't know, won an NBA championship or something. Like I had accomplished a great goal. It just made me... <laughs> So happy. So Arrest Development's the best. Um, yeah, I'm going to recommend a little movie that I watched last, I think it was last year. I just saw it on Netflix and may have been there a while and I just didn't know it. But 
Uh, it is called Begin Again. It's a great date movie if you oh, yeah. are looking for such fair. It's by uh, what's the guy's name? John Carney, who directed Once, which uh, was the the Glenn Hansard movie in two thousand seven, I think. Uh, so it's it's musical. It's Keira Knightley and Mark Ruffalo, and not a Hulk or a carousel form so you know the rare thing the rare sighting of ruffalo um it's just about this kind of on the outs music exec who discovers a talented singer songwriter girl and tries to get an album out of her and uh it's like it's not a perfect movie or anything but it's the music's really solid and it's fun and it's light and uh i i enjoyed watching it the first time and i i just saw it like i said that it's on netflix and i'll add it and, and we'll watch it again it's a fun little fun little date movie and and good music as well so check that out. Begin again is what it's called. Ariel, how about you? Uh, yeah, I um, I haven't seen Begin Again. But I'll, I'll check that out because Once is a great um, yeah has great soundtrack and yeah, the, the uh, music was, for here Once off Broadway, is so. unbelievably good. Yeah, I saw the musical here last year and gosh, it's so good. It's it, the music is so much better than the movie is for one. Not that yeah, there's anything yeah. wrong with the movie, but it's you know. I'm gonna go with um, a movie on Netflix. Uh, it's called The Man from Nowhere, and I, I recommended this on my podcast uh, because we were talking about um, diversity and all this crazy stuff that's been happening, and uh, and like there's this, you know the the Twitter hashtag whitewashed out, and and you know, mm-hmm. so I, I wanted to get out there, you know, you know a, a Korean film that's really good. It's you know obviously you have to have subtitles, but it's kind of like the Korean version of of Liam Neeson's Taken. Uh, cool. but, it's a it's a better story. It's like a murder mystery, but the main character, like you know, is a spy, as a former special ops agent. So it's really cool. It's uh, the fighting's amazing. So if you like, you know, the raid, and if you like the Captain America choreography, it's uh, it's pretty similar. So check that out. It's called The Man from Nowhere. We'll do so. And that is on Netflix. Thanks, uh, thanks for hopping on again, Ariel. It's been it's been a welcome addition once more. And uh, yeah, again, you're welcome me. on anytime. Again, you can check out Ariel on the Geek 101 podcast. That is available yep. on all podcast uh, formats, I guess. Subscribe anywhere on iTunes or Stitcher or things like that. And what's the website? Uh, Geek101podcast.com. There you go. Now, where else can we find yep. you online, Ariel? You can find me on Twitter at Ariel Dean Rada. There you go. Follow Ariel. He's a great follow. And follow his podcast on Twitter as well. Where can we find you, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden or at richardbarden.com or in the Mad About Movies podcast uh, newsletter, uh, which will be coming second uh, second edition. will be out uh, ju- around June 1st. So uh, if, you, if you missed the first one, uh, sign up now while you're thinking about it, and uh, you'll get the, the second issue uh, in June. It's madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash newsletter to sign up. And it is free, and we won't bug you too much. We promise. (laughs) And you can find me online at Kent Garrison on Twitter. And find our show online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Every episode is on there. we got T-shirts. You can donate to the amount of your choosing if you want to help keep the show going. And uh, leave us five stars on iTunes because that goes a long way. And until next time, thanks again, Ariel, and we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with
those tossed down and the scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. Your salad is scrambled eggs. 